Well, uh, over the last eight to ten weeks of uh, this pandemic, the COVID-19 coronavirus thing, we have all, at least those of us who are sports fans, have become painfully aware that sports are done for quite a while. And, I mean, we're talking all levels, at the professional level, at the college level, all the way down to the town Little League. I mean, it's, it's just done for now, over, zero, nada, it's, it's no, not to be. And uh, as we think about that, it's, it's been, I wondered how I'd handle that. I didn't know if I'd go through withdrawal or cold turkey or whatever it might be, but, but I, I've made it. I'm alive and well, I'm healthy, I'm uh, taking nourishment, dressed and in my right mind, while well, some might question that. But uh, here we are. And uh, one thing I did discover is that although there may not be any live games on television to watch, there are gobs. I'm talking tons, a whole bunch of video replays of all kinds of games. Every sport imaginable. I mean, we're talking about the World Series. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking World Cup, both men and women. We're talking about uh, the March Madness, Final Four, National Championship games, college basketball, college football, all kinds of game, anything that you would want to watch a replay of, it's available for you. Well, my TV was set because I record uh, the, my favorite teams at uh, both the professional and college level so I can watch the games. And, and uh, one day, a few weeks back, Jane said, hey, do you know you have 19 Michigan State basketball games recorded and and they're just sitting there in fact it keeps growing each week there are more and more what are you doing with that and I was like what I, I didn't know that that was happening I I didn't know I had that many games and and I guess it was just because I'd been recording back in March when we were just about to get to the March madness and and it just kept picking up all the replays and so uh, all of a sudden, I had some more games to watch. And, and a year ago, March of 2019, the, the College National Basketball Championship, March Madness, 68 teams began. And uh, after it was weeded down to eight teams, the Elite Eight, there were going to be four games. The winners would go to the National Championship, the Final Four Two of those teams, Duke and Michigan State. Duke was uh, number one seed in the East region, and Michigan State was the number two seed in the East region, and Michigan State is my team. That's right, and uh, it's a long story why, but one day, ask me, I'll be glad to tell you. And so there it was. The Michigan State-Duke game from 2019, the Elite Eight game, the winner went on to the Final Four. And by now, you've probably guessed Michigan State beat Duke. Duke was an amazing team. I thought there was no way, even though Michigan State is my team, 
Duke had three guys who were drafted into professional basketball in the top 10 first round. They were a good team. And they played that game. And I'm telling you what, I watched that game and I was on the edge of my seat. I was cheering. I was yelling. And, and probably my wife would say screaming. And I was doing all of that. But Michigan State won the game 68-67. to 67. Wow, what a game. They went to the Final Four. Well, I had an opportunity to now to watch the replay. Except this time, no pressure. I wasn't nervous. I was smiling. I, I wasn't on the edge of my seat. I, I didn't uh, yell at the bad calls against Michigan State. You know, I, I didn't have to do all that. Completely relaxed as I watched that game. Why? Because I knew the outcome. And in fact, just so you know, take away the drama, Michigan State won again. That's right. They did. They won again. In fact, I think I even texted my boys at the end of the game. Actually, I just texted them to let, I knew, let them know I had just watched that game from a year ago. But it was great and, and no pressure. You know, we've been studying the book of Habakkuk. And uh, Habakkuk wanted a replay of what God had done, of all the great show of his power in the Old Testament, of all the amazing victories that Israel had experienced. And Habakkuk wanted God to show that again. He wanted, in fact, God to do that again. He wanted to see God's power exercised in the nation of Israel against their enemies. And so as we think about this, that this morning, uh, we're going to talk about what Habakkuk did when he responded, how he responded to, uh, to God's answer to Habakkuk's second complaint or his second lament in chapter 2. And, and we picked that, we left that off last week with uh, a, a God's answer to Habakkuk. And now we pick up the beginning of chapter 3 and we're going to look at how Habakkuk responded to what God had told him. And so if you'd open your Bibles with me this morning to Habakkuk chapter 3, Habakkuk chapter 3, we're going to take a look at the first 15 verses, especially zero right in on verses 1 and 2, and, and then just mention in general some of that which is found in verses 3 to 15. Uh, there's a lot of detail, a lot of history covered. It's a lot of poetry. And uh, as we look at that this morning, there in your Bibles, getting from why to wow, that's been the emphasis of our study in Habakkuk. Getting from why, as Habakkuk started out, questioning God about why he wasn't dealing with the sin of Judah. And then when God said he was going to deal with that sin, he said he was going to deal with it by using the ungodly Babylonians. And then Habakkuk questioned, how could you use a nation more ungodly than Judah? And uh, God answered him in chapter 2, and now here we are at chapter 3. Getting from why to wow. And if you're going to get to wow, 
you're going to have to understand the who. The who that's involved in chapter 3. Really, the who that's involved in all of the book of Habakkuk. The who that Habakkuk has been having a toe-to-toe, face-to-face conversation with about his questions and his concerns and his frustrations. When I say who, we're talking about the Lord. We're talking about Jehovah, the Creator God, that God that Habakkuk knows is the one with the power to do anything. And as we take a look this morning, I need you to get this. I need you to write this down. I want you to know if you're going to get from why to wow, you must focus on the Lord, the who. In fact, that's exactly what Habakkuk chapter 3 is all about. It's all about the Lord Jehovah. And it was only because Habakkuk got a picture, a view of God that he was able to get from why to wow. And in fact, you don't want to miss next week because we're going to conclude our study with the wow, the last Five verses of Habakkuk chapter 3. The wow. What a story that is. And, and the idea of what Habakkuk learned is he learned to rest in the Lord and to remember his works. To rest and remember. That's what I want you to remember. Rest and remember. Get that into your mind. Get that into your head. Write it down there in the margins of your Bible or in your notes or in your journal or whatever it may be, how important it is that we learn to rest in God. That's really an exercise of faith. It's really living by faith. And then that we learn to remember all that God has done. Look back with me as you keep your place in chapter 3, verse 1. Look back to chapter 2. And verse 1, because here is where after uh, Habakkuk responded to God's first answer to his complaint, now Habakkuk says there in verse two, verse 1 of chapter 2, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. He had put himself in a position to listen to God, to hear what God had to say. I will look to see what He will say to me. That's exactly what Habakkuk was doing. He wanted to know what God would say to him and then what answer he was to give uh, to the complaint that he would share with the, uh, the nation of Judah. And so as he heard that, there it is, I will stand. I will be there. I will listen to what he will say. Habakkuk had put himself there. God gave the second answer. That's what chapter 2 is all about. But we find that God had told Habakkuk to wait. In fact, as we look uh, down to chapter uh, or to verses 2, 3, and 4 of Habakkuk, uh, chapter 2 here, uh, have it right on the screen for you. Uh, verses 2 and 3, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. That's what God told Habakkuk to do. Write it down, Habakkuk. Verse 3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. It's going to happen 
wait, hang on. And then we get to verse 4. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. The Babylonians he's talking about, they're proud and arrogant. But the righteous person will live by his faith. The righteous person will demonstrate his faithfulness by the way he lives. And as we think about that, really, I, I, ha- I have a, a, a verse that I could, couldn't get it out of my head as we thought through this in Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 7, because I want you to think about this as God says to Habakkuk, wait. Habakkuk says to God, okay, I'm going to sit and, and listen to what you have to say so that I know how to respond. And here is Psalm 37, 7. It's almost as if it was written for Habakkuk, but it certainly is true for us today. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret. When? When people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Be still, wait patiently, and do not fret. That, that's what God tells you and I today as we live in the midst of this COVID-19 craziness and weirdness. And though things may be settling down a little bit, Habakkuk had been pretty worked up in the first two chapters And God says, hey, write down what I'm about to tell you. Wait for it. And then we get to the beginning of chapter 3. And we read about Habakkuk's response to God's second answer to his second complaint. After all of Habakkuk's questioning and confusion and frustration, all of his laments, his His lament in those two chapters, Habakkuk listens to the Lord in chapter 2. He accepts what the Lord said to him. And in chapter 3, he begins uh, with his peace, his being still, his being at rest. In fact, his perplexity, his confusion, his frustration is gone. We don't read anything about that in the rest of chapter 3, the rest of the book of Habakkuk. What made the difference? How could Habakkuk go from all of that frustration and confusion and perplexity and all of a sudden now it's gone, it's vanished. And Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 1 begins with a prayer. In fact, all of Habakkuk's anxiety turns into a prayer that overflows in praise and worship for God and thanksgiving and glory to the Lord as Habakkuk rests in the answer that God has given him. And then as he remembers the greatness and the power of God and reflects on all of that that he has experienced and gone through. And and he remembers how God had delivered 
the nation of Israel, God's chosen people in the past and the stories of the Old Testament and God's show of mighty power and how he delivered Israel from their enemies and, and given them victory and showed himself strong on behalf of those Israelites whose hearts were totally committed to him. That's what changed for Habakkuk. So, so look at, at verse 1. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 3 uh, here in Habakkuk. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet. There it is, a prayer. And then we have that term as we, shagoyanoth. Shagoyanoth. You say, what in the world is that? Well, it, it's not real clear on what it is, a Hebrew term, some kind of a musical notation. It may have been intended to be sung with uh, mourning, or it may just be talking about instruments that should accompany uh, Habakkuk's prayer. It may be that Habakkuk's prayer should be sung. We don't know, but there it is. And then verse 2, as we look at verse 2, Lord, he says, as he prays, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. I've heard about those amazing victories that you pulled off back in the Old Testament that you gave to your chosen people. I, 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 th those deeds, I, I stand in awe of your power. Repeat them. Here it is. Video replay. Now that's obviously not what Habakkuk was talking about, but, but that was the idea. I want to see that same thing again, God. Lord, repeat them. Really is a word for revive. Revive them. Renew them, Lord. Show your power again as you deal with the sin of Judah. And then after that, as you deal with the Babylonians. And as you allow them to reap what they sowed in their defeat of Judah. And, and he's saying, show your power in our time, in our day, make them known. And then he says, in wrath, remember mercy. As he's praying, as he's talking with God, he says, and Lord, when you show your wrath at Judah's sin and at Babylon's sin, be sure to show mercy. Be sure to make sure they understand that your mercies are new every day. And, and man, there it is. I stand in awe. I've heard of your fame. Oh God, repeat all those mighty works. He's praising God. He's lifting God up. Lord, I know of your fame and your awesome power. He's honoring him. He's giving praise and worship as he cries out in prayer to God. That's quite a change from chapters 1 and 2 for, for Habakkuk. And as he talks about this, as we think about all those words, all of what he's saying here is an indication that he's at peace. He's resting in God. He is still before God. Rest and remember. Now, verses 3 to 15 are the remember part because there we find, a, look at verse 3 of chapter 3, and there we read, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. 
His glory covered the heavens and His praise filled the earth. Temen, Mount Paran, reference to the area where God demonstrated His power in delivering the nation of Israel from Egypt. That, all of that. And then as He prepared them and led them on to the promised land of Canaan. Now, that did take 40 years because of Israel's sin. But the geography of all these, the references have to do with the time there when God delivered Israel from Egypt. And then there's even other references as they make their way on. Let me talk about just a couple of those. But these verses speak of God's mighty power in the past and will serve as a faith builder, as a confidence builder for Habakkuk and even for the, for the people of Judah who are willing to repent, who are willing to turn from their sin that he talked about in chapter 1 and, and to pursue God and follow God. And some of those, um, just as, as we think together through these verses Uh, Exodus chapter 7 and verse 14 through Exodus chapter 11. If you think Exodus 7 through 11, 7, 11, we have the 10 plagues. And you could read about them and, and the power of God as he demonstrated. Some of that is found in here. We read verse 5, plague went before him, pestilence followed his steps. Uh, Habakkuk is making reference in a poetic form to, to, to the plagues that, that God showed in Egypt so that ultimately as the Passover came, the death of the firstborn, they would be delivered. But, but he continued on and uh, as, as, as Israel was, was escaping from Egypt and, and they got out of there and then Pharaoh begins to chase, we get to Exodus chapter 14. And in Exodus chapter 14, we, we read about what God did. And, and in chapter 14 in verse 4, this is what God told Moses. I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them, Israel, after they've left Egypt. But Pharaoh will pursue. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. The Lord is going to show who he is. He's going to demonstrate his power so that Pharaoh and the Egyptians, they never make it out alive because of the power of God. And then we move ahead. We move ahead to verses 13. And 14 of Exodus chapter 14. And we read this. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm as they stood at the edge of the Red Sea. There was nowhere else to go because Pharaoh's army was coming from behind. There was nowhere to go in the east or the west. And as they're moving forward, they were backed into a corner. And as they stood at the edge of the Red Sea... Moses said, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently in the Lord do not fret over evil doers 
The Lord will fight for you. And oh boy, did he ever. The Egyptians that they saw that day, like Moses said, Israel never saw them again alive. Their dead bodies were told, washed up on shore after it was all over. And then jump down to verse 31 of Exodus chapter 14, verse 31. And when the Israelites saw the, here it is, the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand, the display of God, that's the power. And Habakkuk is praising and thanking God for that power and saying, oh God, that's the kind of power we need to see again as you judge the sins of Judah, but as you then defeat Babylon, as you deal with that wicked nation, oh, that we would see your mighty hand again. And then chapter 19 of Exodus, and we could go on. Uh, we're not going to go on all morning. Don't worry, I'm not going to read to you the whole book, but, but, but there's a few things here that are, and, and again, these aren't all mentioned specifically, but they're there poetically as you listen and follow through. And, and here in chapter 19 of Exodus, verse 1, on the first day of the third month after the Israel left Egypt, on that very day they came to the desert of Sinai. Move on down to verse 3. Then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession, although the whole earth is mine. You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. This is part of the covenant, part of the promise that God said to Israel, that if you will obey me, I'll take good care of you. But then we go on down and we find we're just about here to get the law. God's about to give the Lord Jehovah's about to give the law to Moses. And in verse 16, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning. And there was a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled and Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. Verse 18, Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace and the whole mountain trembled violently as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. What a show, what a display of God's power and you can find that right here in Exodus or in, in Habakkuk chapter 3. Wow, what an that would have been a great replay, huh? A great video to watch. And, uh, and that's what he's crying out to. We could look on and on. We could look at the crossing of the Jordan River, the same show of God's power. We could look at the destruction of the city of Jericho, the same demonstration of the almighty hand of God. But that's what Habakkuk asked God to do again. Oh, that we'd remember your works, God. Now, here's why this is important. 
you'll never know the wow of your relationship with God if you can't rest and remember. Never know the wow if you can't rest in the Lord and remember all His works. If you can't reflect on who He is and all that He's done. And that's why Habakkuk's mind and heart and mouth were filled with praise and worship to God. That's how he could change from why to wow. Because in the middle, he understood the who. The Lord Jehovah. And folks, in the midst of this pandemic and all of the stuff that's going on, it's the who that makes all the difference. And as we know the Lord Jehovah, as we rest in Him, as we're still, as we wait patiently for Him, as we don't fret because of evildoers around us, God will bring us peace. That's the answer. Sounds real simple. I'm not saying it's as easy as it sounds. But that's how you can get from a place of questioning God, of confusion, to a place of praise and acceptance of all that God is doing. Because we know God. That's what Habakkuk had learned. If he hadn't learned that, he wouldn't have hung around to listen to what God had to say. He, he would have spat it off twice and listened to God and boom, that would have been it. And as things went from bad to worse, he'd have had no idea what God was up to and would have missed the peace, the stillness, the resting in the Lord, the remembering of his mighty works. Listen. Your relationship can change, can grow. Your relationship with God can move from why to wow by resting in God and who he is and remembering his mighty works. That's it. Rest and remember. Rest and remember. Boy, what if your relationship with the Lord was so vital? What if it was such a priority? What if there was nothing more important in your life than your relationship to God? Nothing more absolutely essential to your life on this earth right now than you knowing God, than you learning who the Lord Jehovah is is what he's all about, his mighty power, and rest by faith in that amazing truth. Man, rest and remember. That's what made the difference for Habakkuk. And that's what will make the difference for you. Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can rest in you. Thank you that we can wait on you. Thank you that 
because of your almighty power, we know you did it once. You have the power to do it again. You fulfilled so many promises. You have the power to continue to fulfill your promises for your plan, for your purposes, for our life today and in the days ahead. Oh God, help us to rest and remember as we wait on you, as we live by faith for the glory of God. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.